Welcome back to the Niagara Sports Hub. I'm here with Tim Ward and Mike Fisher. How you guys doing today? Outstanding. Doing today. Awesome. Well, I was just going to ask Mike. You know, Dallas showed up last week. The week before against Broncos, they didn't. What's going on? Is that just an anomaly, or is it just what we've noticed in the first half of the NFL season that nobody's invincible? Um, it's probably all of those things. Uh, uh, the the invincible factor we're we're seeing it with Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, we've seen it, of course, with the Chiefs. Up and down the the, the standings, uh, we've seen it almost everywhere. But um, what I think is impressive and getting overlooked is because Mike McCarthy gets abused here uh, among the Dallas fan base. They they just decided that he's not their guy, and I think that's too bad because they're they're obsessing about the handful of things that they don't like or, or that he's done wrong and eliminating from their heads the other 999,999, including what he did last week to coach a bounce back. I was talking to uh, Bruce Mays, who's a longtime uh, assistant for Johnny Majors, Lou Holtz, Jimmy Johnson uh, on the staff of all those guys uh, over the years, Bill Parcells. And he said, you know, you, you could have lost to the Broncos and lost your team. It, it, that you could have you could have had a bad week after that too, but um, as we've discussed here, Mike McCarthy pushed the right psychological buttons. Now he doesn't pretend he's a, a real psychologist the way Jimmy Johnson used to pretend. He's just a football coach. He's just a ball guy. But they did brotherhood bingo. They had a like a ping pong ball popper, and uh, with numbers on the ping pong balls. And if number four comes up, then Dak Prescott goes to the front front of the room and tells a story about himself. And the idea was, let's, let's loosen things up a little bit around here. Uh, lighten up, Francis, as Bill Murray's crew once said in Stripes. And it worked. Then they did one more thing. He sensed that they were tight. And he told them so. And uh, this is a family show, so we'll just talk about tightness as it relates to uh, the human body metaphorically being able to turn coal into a diamond. You know what I'm saying? It's appropriate for the Niagara Sports Hub. It is indeed. Uh, it, it is absolutely uh, absolutely appropriate for a Niagara product. And so he handed out canisters of a product called anti-monkey butt, which is basically a baby powder. Now, by the way, if anti-monkey butt wants to be a proud sponsor of this program, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll quit saying it's basically just Johnson & Johnson's baby powder. But it's, it's it, along the same line. You find it in the same section, aisle nine of your local grocery store. And so he passed out those, those bottles of that product to 53 guys saying, you know, loosen up. It's fine. Uh, we, we were RAW last week. We, we had a raw arse week. So apply some of this to your psyche, if not your buttocks and let's move forward. And now the Cowboys are back to being what they believe they are. Well, also, you have to – I don't know if you saw the game last night, but there's a little bit of the Atlanta factor that is just – woof. Yeah, was- um, and obviously they didn't have Patterson, who's their best player, uh, their MVP this year. They don't have Calvin Ridley, who went away for mental health reasons, and maybe they're not very good. Now, they entered the game uh, – after, first of all, after having beaten Dallas, they, they thought they were a you know, playoff team. And yeah. when you do the math in the NFC, I guess they kind of still are. Almost everybody is. They ran into two buzzsaws here in a Dallas team that was inspired and talented and in a Patriots team that Bill Belichick has done it again. They're good again. And their their defense is very good. 
the, the rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, is better than just a bus driver. And away the Patriots go again, probably for another 20-year run. I'm just curious, how was Josh Rosen a number one pick? Man, that guy looks horrible. Yeah, anyway. and, and I do believe that you you keep throwing darts at the quarterback position. So I understand. I think it made sense for Atlanta to do what it did. It made sense for Atlanta to grab Franks from Arkansas uh, mm-hmm. and and just, just keep trying at quarterback. The, the Bears know exactly what we're talking about here. If you never yep. solve that, you're you're never going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Josh Rosen deserved another shot, not deserved in the sense of, boy, what a wonderful person he is. I don't know that. If you have enough pedigree to have been a, a first round pick quarterback, you're going to get another chance and another chance. Same as if you can throw a curveball, same as if you're seven foot tall and can dribble. Well, speaking of monkey butt, do you think Dallas is using the same metaphors and the same motivation this week as they get ready for a big game on Sunday against Kansas City Chiefs. It's really funny. McCarthy, and not very many coaches do it this way, but like he's not shying away from saying, oh, yeah, this is big. <laughs> Most coaches will say, oh, just another game. And, you know, we just play him one week at a time. But he's conceding in a way that not around here since maybe Jimmy Johnson, who used to talk about brass ones and uh, ones made out of paper mache. Again, here we go again with the crotch references. I don't know what's wrong with us. Uh, um, but he's, he's just... It's not bold of him. It's just honest to say, oh, yeah, this is a gigantic game. Uh, the implications are big, uh, both in the standings and in and in our psyches. Somebody did ask him in the press conference. So after, you know, the monkey butt and the brotherhood bingo, what's your motivational tool this week? And this person apparently failed to understand that those stories only come out after wins. Every coach does that every week. But you don't come out after you lost 43-3 to and say, well, I'll tell you what, I did give a very good motivational speech on Thursday. I must give myself credit for that. And I handed out scarves to all the players or something. Uh, it just, that doesn't, that's not the way it works. So nobody's going to tell you before the game, almost ever, what the, the locker room buzz really was. But after a win, they tell you how, what, the, what it was and how great it was, even though the same speech the next week or a similar speech might lead to a loss. I just want to bring this up. This wasn't on the pre-show notes, but um, you know, during the week there was a uh, inmate on death row in Oklahoma, and he was. I guess the governor commuted his sentence yep. last Yesterday. minute, and there were some NFL players who are outspoken. And I, I was just reading Dak Prescott was one of those guys. Were you were you around Dak when he was talking about this, Mike? Yeah, and to his credit, and uh, you know, I don't I don't know that we want this show to pr- be particularly political. Dak Prescott, uh, a year and a half ago, invested a million dollars of his own money into a program to educate the public about police and to educate police about the public, to try to create a a bond there that, first of all, too often in underserved communities, underprivileged communities, and communities uh, populated by people of color, there is a disconnect. So for Dak Prescott to be savvy enough and generous enough to say, I'm not going to take a side, I'm going to take both sides. And his involvement, his voice in Oklahoma, I think, did have some influence. I'm going to take both sides. He's not anti-cop. And I, I, I see wisdom in that. And I don't think I'm showing my bias when I say that. I, I think most of us, you know, there, there's that extreme politically and sociologically. There's that extreme over there. I think 99% of Americans are closer to the middle saying, of course, we want peace between yep. police and citizens. 
Of course, we want to fill the potholes. Of course, we want honest politicians. Of course, we want health care for you know, people that can't afford it. Uh, th- these things seem pretty fundamental. And so for Dak Prescott, uh, not only put his mouth in it, but to put his money where his mouth is, uh, just one more impressive stroke by that young man, if you ask me. Yeah, especially, you know, with the, everything he's gone through personally with his brother. Uh, it just, he's becoming a leader that we all kind of thought he would become. So good good for him. Yeah, and this is why I say, you know, what I, I've pointed out before, I grew up in Minnesota, so I hated Roger Staubach. It was lost on me when I was 10 years old, what he, all the things he represented. I didn't care. He played for the Cowboys. They're on TV every week, and they beat the Vikings, and they cheated. So I don't know what, what people, what, what our parents around the country who weren't Cowboy fans that th- think thought of Dak Prescott. I think um, most people around the country admired Troy Aikman when he played. I think that you could see that he had, that he deserved that admiration. And you guys tell me, even if you don't like the Cowboys, I think America likes Dak Prescott. And I think 100%. he's earned it. I think he's earned it. Speaking of growing up in Minnesota, we've got Thanksgiving right around the corner and we've got the traditional Lions playing uh, the Bears, Raiders, Dallas, and then Saints and Bills. But, you know, growing up, you know, I grew up in Illinois. We had turkey bowls during Thanksgiving. We always had a turkey bowl. Mike, what was it like growing up in Minnesota? What were the football games that you remember the most? I mean, what was it like for you? Well, I used to wonder if it was an advantage or a disadvantage to have that game. You, as I recall, you used to have a longer break, uh, and so that was your reward. But I think the Cowboys this year they play the Thursday with the Raiders here. Then the then they they only have a week because they play again the following Thursday, and it's on the yep. road at New Orleans. So that doesn't strike me as particularly fair. Uh, I got to play one game with a three day break, and then I don't get to make it up anywhere. So I, I think that's unwise on the part of the NFL. One of the reasons the Cowboys have a good record on Thanksgiving is they're good, uh, you know, over the course of the last 50 years. But another reason is because it it is, it it does suck to be on the road for Thanksgiving. It does suck to play a road game three days after you already had played a game. So those advantages do work in the Cowboys favor. Now, is it like a grossly inflated advantage? I guess not because the Lions get the same advantage and aren't able over the course of 50 years to take advantage of it. Exactly. I mean, inside the locker room, do the players feel a little bit, I mean, I know the days of John Madden are long gone where, you know, there was one or two games on Thanksgiving. Now there's three, they've added the night game, but players kind of see it as a badge of honor to get to play on Thanksgiving day. Oh, I think uh, there there is same thing as Monday night football and Sunday night football. I think, yeah, players, they, they, they like the fact that they're going to be on stage. Micah Parsons, the tr- terrific rookie here, said, you know, we got three games in 12 days. I, that's, I'd, I'd play 12 games in 12 days. Well, he's a rookie. Uh, yeah. he'll, he'll soon learn that this is, this is burdensome on your body uh, yeah. and on your mind. Uh, to, to crowd 12 games in three, in three games in 12 days is not the way football was meant to be played. That's a fact. Uh, and so there's probably a balance there between, yes, I'm, I'm excited. Everybody gets to watch me on Thanksgiving, but uh, I'm going to wake up Friday morning not feeling very good, unless we won. So, Tim, you know, you you mentioned those Turkey Bowl games that you played on Thanksgiving. I just remember those games, full tackle football, oh, in yeah. the mud and slop. Oh, and yeah. Usually at the end of those, one of those 
players was walking away with a broken limb or something. A broken I, I don't know if we had many broken limbs, but the last one I played in was within the last 15 years, well past my prime. Uh, and there were some recovery time for about a week and a half afterwards. <laughs> yeah, th- this is where there's nothing like having friends are great, but there's nothing like having brothers. I'm the oldest of six kids, five boys, the oldest, the biggest, and by far the worst athlete. So, you know, we, we would, you know, football in the snow in Minnesota and Colorado, backyard snow, that's fun. And you devise your own. And it sounds like you played some almost semi-pro turkey bowl games. You know, we, I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, they yeah. were they were they were tackle. We just put 20 kids in the backyard and just killed each other. And big yep. scrum. The the, the 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 maybe the singular most fun game was the four older boys would kick off to the one little one. And we'd just yeah. go down there and just demolish. And it'd be like a, a kickoff. Just go down there and just demolish them. That was one. And the other one was called goal line stand. Uh, same thing. The, the, the four of us have to get down on our hands and knees. And he's the running back. And he's got to try to go up and over us. And again, the, uh, the, the, the poor kid pretends he likes us to this day. But yeah. we absolutely punished him. And, uh, but it made him tough. Yeah. yeah, basically the same we did, Mike. We had Oklahoma drills, and we'd always have the youngest kid be the running back in the Oklahoma drills. Yeah, I like Oklahoma drills as long as I get to win. Otherwise, they're a disaster. <laughs> so, Mike, you have one sister. Yeah, poor thing. How? <laughs> where does she? Where does she slot into that? What number? Yeah, she, she is. She is number five. So there's four boys. Uh, they kept trying because they were Catholic. And they had a girl and then they said, let's try some more. And then they had a boy. <laughs> so we had eight people crowded into a not gigantic house. And we, we had no idea that we shouldn't have been able to fit in there because we were having so much fun. And with she that had- many older brothers, she never dated in high school. Yeah. Now, she uh, unfortunately, she had a rebellious <laughs> streak. So she did whatever she wanted to. I was the only I'm the only good one of them all. And <laughs> I'm the only one who's pure of heart. <laughs> I was just going to ask what, you know, if she ever talked about, you know, growing up with five other, you know, brothers. Oh, yeah. She's got stories to tell. But but once she hit puberty, she was as uh, problematic as the next one. I come from a family of seven. So I know what you mean uh, about the Catholic, Catholic yeah. side of anyway. As the only small, I, I, I'm as well, I'm Catholic as well, but uh, a small family of just two boys. So I'm, I, I guess I got lucky. Oh, or unlucky. We don't know. Yeah, true. Uh, Mike, yeah. big plans for Thanksgiving? The same plans I've had for the last 32 years. I go to a Cowboys game and sit in the press box and eat for free and watch football. You could, you know, we talk about, let's have Thanksgiving at seven in the morning, Marsha. So we can, no, <laughs> you know, I'm the only person that goes for that. So it doesn't quite work. So I I, I say hi and goodbye uh, to the family. And then we, we sometimes we'll do a more family thing on Friday. But yeah, sure. thurs, Thursday with Jerry. That's how I spent Thanksgiving. Sounds like a good time. John, you'll be in Breckenridge, I understand. Yeah, going to Denver for a few days. <clears throat> Kids are off school. My wife is off school. So nice. Decided to take a little break. It turns out that uh, Denver's on a bye week, so we won't be able to go to any games. And uh, the Nuggets, which my son's in the basketball, they are out of town that week. So we'll actually have to do stuff outdoors, I think. The kids will get there to go. go snowboarding at Breckenridge. You'll get to sit down at the end of the hill and drink a hot toddy. Go play yeah. short yardage drill. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> In the snow. Tim, how about you? 
Well, I will be, my wife and I are traveling out to Richmond, Virginia to see our daughter and my uh, in-law. So we'll be spending some time out in Richmond, Virginia for the nice. week. Um, yeah, it's, can't complain. I'll be watching a lot of sports. Spend a whole weekend watching sports with my mother-in-law because she's a huge sports fanatic Beautiful. even at 85 years old. Very good. Hey, real quick, uh, um, you know, when I met my wife, she's like, oh, I think it's so cool that you, you're in these fantasy leagues and you have this group mm-hmm. of friends that you can do all this stuff with. And this past Sunday, she got mad at me for watching football all day. She goes, you can't just do this all day. And I'm like, this, you, this is how we met. You knew me. This is, how, this is part <laughs> yeah. of the package. That's so, one of those yeah. things that uh, you say <laughs> when you're dating. Oh, <laughs> it, it's, it's so charming the way you burp, the way <laughs> – yeah. Uh, no, 15 years later, it's not that charming. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got to find a plan for this weekend to kind of sneak in some football without her getting too mad at me. So, well, oh, boy. I'm sure you'll find a little time. But, Mike, thanks again for joining us on <laughs> Niagara Sports Hub. Once again, for those of you out there listening to us, uh, go to NiagaraSportsHub.com for a chance to win a uh, some cool game day equipment from the Dallas Cowboys and some cool swag from Mechanical Hub, uh, all courtesy of Niagara and Mechanical Hub. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, we'll be back in, what, two weeks, Tim, with uh, Mike? Yep, we'll be back in two weeks. All right, Mike, have a good holiday weekend. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thanks.